we enjoyed what we did. We enjoyed our job. We enjoyed showing up. We enjoyed getting better at it. We enjoyed finding and researching and doing all the work it takes to put together a topic list, put together the right information that we think helps bridge the gap. We help fulfills our mission. We help allows you to be more seen and more heard and get more clarity. And we enjoyed those reps and they taught us a lot, a lot about our direction and where we're going. And I just think that all good things have to come to an end at some point. And that end is here for us. going on everyone welcome back to another episode of the modern masculinity podcast i'm your co-host atlas what's going on it's your boy anwar and today we have an exciting somber interesting very information packed episode where we have a pretty big announcement for y'all on well i guess the the fate of this podcast so uh, stick around. We got a lot to talk about today and um, excited to have you here. We started the podcast just now. I was laughing because this guy was reminding me of my hair growing journey and my Chia Pet journey. And uh, man, that was a wild one. That was something else. If you go back to the videos, I actually did look like a Chia Pet. I really, really did. Yeah. Yeah. But with that being said, you know what time it is. You know what time every time it is when we start a damn podcast. It's Moon Check. I didn't want it to end. I know. I know. I only got so much oxygen in these lungs. Buddy. <laughs> you need more breathing technique exercises, you know? You need to do more Wim Hof. More Wim Hof. More underrated, Wim Hof. by the way. Super underrated. Super underrated. Yeah, you think yeah, that? I think I think I think I think breath work is underrated. Mm. I think that overall, we like it's funny. We most people understand a cold plunge, mm-hmm. and you know they would talk about the benefits and this, that, and whatever, and blah 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 blah. And then they talk about breath work, and it kind of gets kind of pushed out under the rug. Like it's like breath work, just breathe, you know. Mm-hmm. But I actually think that the energy should be opposite. I think that the energy that cold plunges get mm-hmm. that was given to breath work. I think we'd be further off. I think that breath work, how the way it's perceived now, is more like what the cold plunge actually is. It's like it's gonna get you to the the benefits to me are like that, like getting in. Mm. Can you teach your brain to get in cold water? Can mm-hmm. you trigger that? Can you trigger that super discomforting body reaction to I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it, and you go into it? I feel like that's the main benefit is like mm-hmm. that mental hurdle, right? But like now there's companies and companies and companies that are coming up with tubs and it's everything you see online and it's like this crazy thing when in the reality for me it's like all it's doing is it's that gateway of just like whatever, which is big. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not not to say it's small. Yeah, teach my hands that I can do hard things, you know what I mean? Hundred percent. And life is hard, you know. Life's got a lot of challenges. So if you can exercise that muscle every single day by an activity, it's great. I just think it gets a lot of hype for like that little tiny thing where breath work is like, if you can master breath work, it's a whole nother, that's a whole nother beast. Mm-hmm. That, that to me is a whole nother, and it doesn't really get the attention it deserves, I think, because people just think it's breathing and, mm-hmm. and we're so good at it because we do it every single day. It's like, yeah. I breathe every what do you day. Mean? Already breathing. I'm already breathing. Yeah. I, you know, it, it reminds me, just before we get to the mood check, I, the one thing I've stayed consistent with is 
my cold showers. No problem. Every day. In the morning, like clockwork. But I did try to keep up a routine with breath work. And that, I'll be honest with you, that was way harder. Way harder. And it was only like, you know, five, six minute videos. Like it was quick. I was guided. I didn't have to do any work. I just had to do the breathing. But it definitely is more effort, I think. And it has a different kind of outcome of almost accomplishment as well. Like I get in the cold shower now and I get out. Like it's a lot simpler. But going into a breathwork session and coming out, it's like, wow, like I did that. Like that was hard and harder and I did that. And I, my body feels more, I don't know, alive, I guess, because it's more oxygenated. And um, I mean, I'm a huge fan of like the, the tingly sensations you get, like that, that overload. Um, well, there's a few that I do where like I'll, I'll breathe, do a big breath in after I've done the practice and hold. And then it's like, it's almost like I'm going to pass out. And so I'm like, okay, can I prevent the pass out? It's, it's, I don't really know how to describe it other than that. And I just probably veered a lot of you away from breath work, <laughs> but uh, that's my favorite part because it's like this, like this whoosh almost, um, which I love. I think it's fantastic. So I agree. I agree. You got a bit of an adrenaline junkie on our hands here, guys. As yeah. I sip coffee. <laughs> this guy wants to pass out and feel uh, the tingles. Okay, come on. Uh, listen, anyone who's done breathwork knows that that's a good one. Okay, that's a good one. What's your mood, man? Yeah. Tell me your mood. I'm talking about my breath. My mood, all right, yeah. Let's, um... What is my mood? I, uh... I really enjoy this time of year, just naturally. September's I'm always a little bit. September is my month. I really like. I really like September. There's something about September that just feels like you can recreate whatever you want to recreate. Whether that's your identity, whether that's scrapping the notebook that you had for years and just going completely, you know, straight whiteboard back to you know the basics, reviewing. Um, a lot of my personality is, is caught up in this idea of being able to set a goal and obtain it. I think I've been obsessed with that ideology for a long time. And so I'm excited and I really, really like this kind of, this, this chapter of life, uh, that September brings every single year to me is this idea to reflect and, and look at. And ideally this is kind of one of the most pivotal Septembers of my life. Um, mm. cause there's times where. I have goals and I have a trajectory that I'm going after and September comes around and the feedback is trust the process. Keep, keep going, keep moving forward. It's working. Look at the, look at the data, you know, whatever you're set out to do, like these are the steps and September kind of acts as that. Like it's like if you're in your third year of a five year degree, you're just kind of like, yep, keep, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Every time we come back to the September, we're getting one year closer to getting the degree one year closer to getting the degree where right now, the reason why I think I say it's the most important September of my life is that I've just come, I've just come off a year where I've taken my life and thrown it in the air, you know, just, and, and now it's going to be pivotal, but what I focus my energy on and how I let that land. And, and this is one of those, I wouldn't call it a midlife crisis, but there's, there's no, there's truly no direction other than the one that I choose. Where before other chapters of my life, it was like the natural progression from high school to university, the natural mm-hmm. progression from university to, you know, internships and, 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 and first time jobs and getting into the workforce and, and, and whatever. 
but you know, I finished high school, I finished university, I traveled, I've lived in different countries, other different cities. I've had a job, you know, where I worked in, I guess, like the the corporate structure or that kind of environment, and I happen to have gone on TV, I've gone on the Amazing Race, and so there's so many things that I feel like I've done, and none of it actually is like gonna gonna connect the dot from where I'm going. You know, there mm-hmm. isn't a line. I can't draw a line through it. You know. And so for me, it's like the creativity of what I want to do next has never been higher, uh, has never been more rich in terms of perspective and what I like and what I don't like and putting all of that together with, you know, all the personal development I've been doing for years and trying to find a place of like, all right, cool. Those are your goals. This is how you've developed. These are your gaps. What's next coach. And you know, in, in that metaphor, I'm the coach, and I'm like, I have no idea what's next, but we'll figure it out. You know, for the first time in my life, I feel like I don't have a game plan, mm-hmm. and that's both scary and exciting. Hmm. Yeah, we've been talking about this a lot. Um, every time I hear you talk about it, it's a little different. Um. So, I guess my counter question would be like, how do you feel about it all? Like, what's the what's the mood behind it all? I think in my my short stint of therapy, I've uh, one big thing I took away from that from a therapist is just to allow multiple emotions to exist at the same time. Yes, I think that life is life is kind of sits in that balance where the peace sits in the balance of understanding that you're feeling two things at the same time. And I think that for a long time I never accepted that. I always felt like you were either him or you weren't him. You know, there wasn't really, there wasn't really, there's no in between. Like you either Amen. are that guy or you're not that guy, you know, and then your therapist rocks your world by saying like, no, you can still be that guy and not be that guy. Right. And that's a weird ideology to live in, you know, to accept it. But like, yeah, you are him. You're just yeah. not him right now, but you are him. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't, that doesn't take that away. You know, you still all the great things that you are. You're just not feeling those things right now, but mm-hmm. that is who you are, you know? And I think that to bring that back to, I guess how I feel is I kind of feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in a duality. I'm in like two different expressions at once. I feel like I got a lot of potential to do great things. Don't feel like I have right now. I'm not seeing that. So there's a lot of uncertainty about like, where is that confidence coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of insecurities and a little bit of like guilt and regret and like some like negative emotions that come back when I'm, you know, reflecting on all that has been my life. Mm. Some of those emotions I can feel creeping through where you're, I feel very insecure and very like guilty about some Mm -hmm. of the decisions. Um, a new recent feeling after doing a lot of reflection is this like lack of trust in myself, like being Mm -hmm. like, if this is the person who got us to this point, can we really even trust this guy? Mm. Um, you know, you've, you've made some questionable decisions. You haven't looked at the, you haven't surveyed the game plan that well. Mm. And we're losing, we're losing games because of it. And, um, yeah, like, well, I guess, you, you know, to give it an, a real context, like I'm questioning the coach, you mm. know, <laughs> yeah. as me, the player, like I'm questioning the coach's decisions. Yeah. I'm going, are you the guy to take us there or no? Cause I don't right. like right now that your play calls are horrible mm-hmm. one after another. I don't believe in them. I'm, I'm starting to, I'm at this point. I'm like, you know, I'm eye rolling at the play call. I'm like, really? <laughs> That's the play call. 
that hasn't worked ever. You right. know, so I think I'm, for the first time, I'm really, you know, losing the trust, which is a scary place to lose trust in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and because um, then it comes down to like, you need to win now. Now you're in this world of like, you need validation. Right. You know, the coach needs to make a call that you execute that then gets validated by something to be like, okay, I've got the trust back mm-hmm. of that coach, you know, but that then is tethered is tethering you to like outside validation, which is not really where you want to be tethered to. Mm-hmm. You don't want that to be the benchmark, you know? So, um, but yeah, all of those emotions are also coupled with this, you know, feeling of like so much freedom, so much creativity, so much, um, opportunity, so many different ways that you can kind of go about becoming an architect of your life. You know, it's one thing to take on a, take over a project where half of the building's already built. And now you got to, insert yourself and be like okay well cool this is how it's kind of started let's like maybe let's take off this let's take off that mm-hmm. but for me it's like i'm getting a project from the ground up there's not even a single thing down so mm-hmm. like the ability to really ultimately customize it to its like sickest style is all in my hands now you know and that's cool that's exciting mm-hmm. um and so i kind of mm-hmm. i kind of lean heavily towards <laughs> the negative side sometimes i kind of lean heavily towards the positive side sometimes yeah but it is what it is I was thinking as I was hearing you talk about that. Thank you for sharing um, your deep honesty. The uh, you've seen the movie Remember the Titans, right? I mean, that probably is a stupid ass question, but Remember the Titans. And the way that you describe your journey feels very much like the introduction of Coach Boom. Right? He comes in, they're like, "What kind of stupid ass call is that? Why would you ever put us in this position? Why would you bunk us this way? Like all of these decisions make no goddamn sense. What are you doing here? You're 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 dumb. Like we're gonna get you out." And it wasn't until that like one game where that I think there was one hit that happened, and then all of a sudden they were like, "Oh oh shit, oh this could actually work." And it was like this revolutionary feeling of like, okay. And then sure enough, there was win after win after win. You know, they were obviously very successful after that. And so your journey feels like that a little bit. Like, like, what are you doing, Coach Boone? Like, don't you know that race exists this way? Don't you know that we got this quarterback set up this way? Like, don't you know? Why are you, why are you switching things up this way? Why are you doing this? Uh, and I think that, I mean, I know from my own experience, I think that you'll I think you'll have a Coach Boone experience. We'll be very pleasantly surprised that although the play call has been very goddamn confusing for a while, that I think that you'll have that one like moment during practice where you're like, oh, sh- oh, sh- okay. All right, let's go win. You know, let's go win. So a little motivational speak for you. You're welcome. No, I was going to say, I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's nice. What about you, Coach? What about you? What's my mood? Well, right now, my dog is currently taking my partner's shoe slowly through the house to pretend like she doesn't have it when she knows she has it to go eat it. So my mood is about to go get that shoe, but I ain't going to do that. Anyways, my mood is, has fluctuated today. It's been, an, it's been a roller coaster of a day. Every time I get on here, I do feel better. So that's quite nice. I do love having these conversations. I do love recording and having check conversations. I think those are my favorite. And then just getting into a topic. But this morning I woke up and I was irritated almost what felt like from the get-go. 
uh, and I got a little, I got a little angry, you know, I got a little angry, I got a little snippy and, uh, you know, it's one of those days where you find that you wish that there was nothing going on and there just seems to be everything going on. And so you don't want to do any of the things cause you wish it was the other kind of day where there's nothing going on. And so, um, I moved from anger to productivity, I ended up just getting a lot of things done in, in between the anger and this, this call here, this, this podcast recording. And then now I feel more directed in how to make that all different when, you know, our prior conversation to this was, I think, really, really good. We should have recorded it, but I really enjoyed the outcome of that and setting boundaries for myself that made me feel calm and more grounded in what's possible, what I could create for myself. And it also gave me a smack in the face on, you know, taking ownership for the way I set things up for myself. And that feels, that feels good, challenging, but good, really. No, not good. I don't like the word good. It feels, hmm, simplified. That's not a feeling, but it feels, I'm going to stick with calm. Or tangible, maybe. Yeah. Tangible, if it felt tangible, or if it was tangible, then it would feel easy. I think, or not easy, still, it doesn't even feel like it's a feeling. It feels, yeah, calm. I can just feel calm about it. I don't have rigidity towards it. I don't have tension. Just like, oh, oh, that's a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. So there's Mm -hmm. just a sense of calm and groundedness around it. Uh, And then there's also kind of like this, like, air in my feelings around this recording. You know what we're going to talk about and where it's going. There's an air of, uh, or a flavor of, damn. Yeah. You know? So, and and both, if you will, calm and damn. Those are my feelings. That's my mood check. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. Calm and damn, which damn. is a, which is an oxymoron in itself. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, team, let's do this. First of all, if you haven't checked in on your mood, that's the point of the mood check to do with us. So check in, how's your mood? How's it feels? What's moving through you right now? And then let's get to the podcast. So I talked at the beginning about how today was going to be, well, like Anwar said, and and both, it's holding uh, both spaces, both feelings, two feelings at once. And so we want to start this conversation with talking about modern masculinity and the journey we've been on. I want to give a quick recap or synopsis of the beginning, the middle, and where we're at now. And so let's start out really simple with, you know, what was our vision at the beginning of all of this? What were we hoping to create? How did it even get birthed? You know, we were just talking about this the other day. September marks three years of the birth of the idea of doing a podcast together. It wasn't Modern Mask at the beginning. It was... Well, really, just great conversation at a coffee shop in Kensington, in Toronto. And it was like uh, the lights had shone onto something that we couldn't see or didn't see before. And it was great. It was so great. And then I, I think it was like, it felt like the next day we were at WeWork. Just like, hey, you know, what does this really, really look like? Um, what do you remember about the beginning? Yeah, I mean, it just, it felt so casual, Mm -hmm. you know? I think that, you know, 
the general public would be surprised. And I, I see this on other podcasts or other stories of like how things were created and it always being so calm at the beginning, like a casual conversation about something, you know, two people chopping it up and be like, Hey, do you want to make an album? Like I have an <laughs> idea for this and I have an idea for this. And then next thing you know, it's, you know, winning like awards and you know, mm -hmm. you're like, you can't believe that this actually came to be or, or businesses that have started on the bedroom floor. And you know, I, every time I was listening to, um, how I built this, podcast i'm always so shocked at how such a, a a business in our mind that's so massive just started from like a two people talking in a coffee shop mm. um and so yeah i think the origin story is just even to this day if i'm ever in kansas mark and i kind of walk by uh film cafe i can i can still kind of remember the ideology of it all um but i think what you said there that's the kind of the cool part about it all was that we never knew it was going to go into this direction. We didn't even have men's conversations in the original topic. It was mm -hmm. like, hey, we have powerful conversations. How can we share these conversations and shed light on things that we're working through on the personal development side of things to help better serve the world yeah. um, for people who might be looking for things that you know we're practicing on a day-to-day -day basis, You know, whether we're working through like we were kind of like active guinea pigs at the time. Like, cold showers a thing? We'll do it. This yeah. is a thing? We'll do it. <laughs> you know, like in terms of like the personal development side, I just felt like a lot of my friends were also reaching out to me being like, hey, I heard you, you're, you're taking up meditation. How is it working for you and stuff? So, mm -hmm. and, and it kind of allowed, it was like, let's have a podcast talking about how we're going about life, you know? And that's kind of how it started. So to be here now under this umbrella, under, under, the, under, under these lights, after that conversation, it's a, it's a very telltale sign about how we've really wanted to be a value and not just have another conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's wild to think that time even existed, like those conversations at that that shop and what we were originally planning. Like, you know, obviously, the switch happened pretty pretty quickly, but it was uh, at such a time for both of us, and that's something that I think we'll probably elaborate on. Like, it was at such a time for both of us where we were we were in it. You know, we were in that personal development and self-help and personal growth journey, like like a hundred percent full throttle. And that was when you know I was doing cold plunges in lake in the lake in Toronto. You know, in the middle of winter, like it was so full throttle at the time that it just it just made sense and it made the conversation flow so easy because we were both in this uh, space of realization and awareness and so much was being witnessed by us in our about our lives about our future about where we're at about where we want to go like and and about who we are as people and so it just was like oh wow i discovered this and you're like whoa why well, I, I you know i discovered this and we just went back and forth with this discovery and you know, i remember bringing my notebook to that meeting just like all you know profession and just like yeah 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 this is going to be real let me write my notes out but even i i don't have that book anymore but i remember i didn't really write much because it was it, like you said it was just easy the conversation was just happening and there wasn't a necessity to be like hmm that's a good idea or this or that it's just no like it's all a good idea having the conversation is great so let's just do let's start it let's see what happens um and then yeah like i said it felt like the next day we were planning preparing putting things together it was great and we had a, such a different journey right such a sorry such a different vision it was going to be like a tony robbins like a jay shetty like um who was who else was was really popping at the time with personal development um tim ferris ah uh, yeah tim ferris lewis house 
Oh my god, I haven't listened to Lewis. No offense, Lewis, but I haven't listened to you in a while. Um, yeah, it was, and it was such like a time for them too, right? It was, uh, it was what 20, 2019? Yeah, twenty nineteen, or was it during twenty twenty? It was twenty twenty, yeah. right? Three years, and um, yeah, and so it just like it kind of just made sense. We felt like we were doing really well in that period as well, and so let's let's be a personal development podcast. We loved it. I love the idea. So that was the original vision behind the podcast. And then we started talking, having meetings. And next thing we know, um, we're having a conversation about men and masculinity. And the vision started to shift a little bit. And when we did that, at least from my perspective, we were doing it because we felt like this podcasting space and the personal development space had its fair share and its proper support when it came to personal development the industry had grown and it was huge you know and not that we didn't want to you know fight for the top ranks in those areas if you will but like tony robbins and lewis house and tim ferris had already established that personal development almost like ownership for years like it had already been done and so when we brought up the idea of men and masculinity it was like oh interesting like there's there's nothing around this this is this is new this is different. Mm-hmm. This is exciting. And I mean, yeah, just to add to that, it was it's, it's, it's more so the fact that there was a lot of great resources for personal development. You Huge. know, it's like it was like you would be just another ad to a, a catalog of fantastic resources, mm-hmm. you know, from all over the spectrum. Like those are just a couple of the top ones. There's people there's other podcasts that are doing a great job of that as well mm-hmm. um, in so many ways. So for us, it felt like there was like in the realm of personal development, there were so many great leaders in that space doing a great job um, of making sure that people got the information that they needed. Uh, You know, there's like the Andrew Huberman's too. Like there's just so many, there was only so many resources of like hacking your life and your psychology and all of that kind of stuff. I was a big fan of high um, impact theory as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Tons of resources, but when we talked about the idea of, you know, I think the first word that, you know, really kind of pulled us to looking at the men's space was just straight up men's mental health. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you just go yep. down the rabbit hole of trying to find out resources that are not just giving you stats on why it's like failing, but where was the conversations around helping it get better? Like where was everything about the men's mental health space at the time felt like it was just like these small clips online highlighting that we should address it. Right. Stats that were staggering. And um, a desire for like a whole, like a massive problem with no solutions, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that kind of pulled us further into like the, okay, well, if men's mental health was going to be a topic, what if we just, what if we erased the word topic and made it like the thing, mm-hmm. you know? And then we realized that like the, the backbone of men's mental health problems were actually the struggle of trying to figure out what masculinity was. Right. You know, and that to us is kind of where I guess we birthed this idea of with this super evolving transition of men, you know, we're, we were going through a massive evolution of like men, what men's were required of us. You know, we're seeing that we were seeing the shift happen in the, in the women's space, the feminine space was, you know, getting a lot of, a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And from the women's space, getting a lot of attention 
it was almost doing the opposite. It was like a lot of the rhetoric around men were like toxic masculinity. You guys are unwilling to change. It's you, 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 you. It was a lot of like blame on our side mm-hmm. um, for the fact that we weren't evolving when it was like we weren't really even given the grace to kind of start evolving. Like, oh, you need us to play a different role. Okay, well, what's there's going to like you can't just flip everything on a dime. You know, we, mm-hmm. we've been doing a certain thing for a while now, a long oh, time. Nice time we've been doing we've been doing things one way. Now our counterparts are evolving and taking up newer roles and they've developed and did a great job of obtaining a lot of new skills to contribute to the world in a different way. And the, the rebound of that or the feedback from that was that you guys aren't doing enough to evolve into the new roles that you guys need to play. And there was just so much misunderstanding Mm -hmm. where the personal development space felt very straight line. The ducks Mm -hmm. were all in a row if you're struggling with this, here's this podcast. Yep. If you're struggling with this, here's this podcast. Where meanwhile, on the other side of the fence, when we started to dig in a little bit more with like the masculinity, it was just like a unorganized meeting. Mm. A lot of voices, a <laughs> yeah. lot of different opinions, a lot of problems, some staggering, staggering, staggering stats, um, and no one to like weather the storm. You yeah. know, and I think that our goal was to add add a conversation into that mess to start to kind of find some level of clarity within Mm -hmm. what our counterparts are saying about us, within what we were feeling about us and what we were trying to aspire to be because the goalpost was moving, but the play wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and the skills to reach the new goalpost hadn't been obtained yet. And so for us, it was almost like personal development within the understanding of masculinity. Like what are the new skills that you need? What are, you know, some things that you can kind of dive into and, and both of us being men who had to kind of for, for better or for worse, figure out masculinity on our own Mm -hmm. dime. We had our own curiosities and confusions about like the paradigm shift and the shift itself and how we're supposed to. And then we both got raised in predominantly women environments Mm -hmm. uh, and worked in, very female dominated environments. So mm-hmm. we had this idea of, okay, cool. Here's a sound over here. Here's the feelings that we're going through. And then there's this discovery piece, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we just, that hat was, the, that was the podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that to summarize it all, our tagline kind of really spoke to our brainstorming session, which was, you know, men, we see you, which is, those complaints that you have that are just being rubbed under the, like that are being put under the bridge. We see you. Mm-hmm. We know that those are valid. They're just not getting the attention that it deserves because of how everything sounds in context. Mm-hmm. And then men, we hear you is, you know, us saying, not only do we see the stats, understand why you might actually engage in that behavior as well. Like I can see that suicide mm-hmm. is predominantly a men problem. And I can see that the numbers are 75% of all suicide is probably going to come from a man. And that three in every four suicide is going to be a man. We see those stats. But now seeing those stats doesn't mean you don't, you hear the stats. Do you know why people are committing suicide? Mm-hmm. What's the why? What's the hearing? What's the, what's the responding to the, the bird cry, you know? And that was us saying, Hey, we hear you. We understand that this masculinity shit is tough. It ain't easy. Like people aren't just jumping off of bridges. Mm-hmm. People, are, there, there's a lot to unpack there, and to, to to seem like because of the patriarchy, everything is all good and cushy on our side since we were the leaders this whole entire time, and that our, these complaints weren't valid. 
was kind of like a, a rebuttal to um kind of kind of just like dismiss the man problems you know mm-hmm. like those those problems are insignificant look at everything look at all the other problems of everybody else you know which is which is fair sure you know wh- when you're in the when you're in the leading position it's hard to listen to a leader's problems it's like yeah. shut up you're, you're at the top why are you you're why at the are you, top you don't got problems at the top no problems at the top right and so for us it was a little bit more of like okay we see the stats we believe and we hear that these are valid reasons to have concerns mm-hmm. and uh we're standing tall beside you in the arena of misunderstood masculinity because it is misunderstood you know it's completely misunderstood it's the it's the, it's the idea that someone who's rich can't be sad you know it's just because you have a thing doesn't mean you can't also feel these things, you know? And I think that that whole kind of, I guess, tagline really summarizes our, you know, our brainstorming session to like coming to that conclusion was that like the stats were too staggering. We really deeply felt the pain of these people because we understood kind of going through our own mental health challenges that shit's fucking tough out here. And then lastly, it was just to, to be like, well, fuck, what, the whole point of a podcast is to make something that isn't clear more clear, you know, and to and to, to be able to address the misunderstanding or at least have the courage to show up to a conversation that's complex. That felt exciting. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think. Our, oh, that's, that's what I think we set out to do. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's powerful to hear you say that statement back because I think that it was, like you said, it was our tagline. Um, and I think that it drifted a bit at times. And so it's nice to kind of hear it again and just to go back to that moment we created that and really what was the, what was the purpose of putting it in that way, in those three statements. And you know, when we set out to do the Personal Development Podcast, I think that, like we said, it was something that was being done really well at a high level already. And at the same time, like the vision wasn't for us to necessarily outdo the people that were doing it. It was to help, right? And to be of service in some way. That's where it all came from. And so when we started percolating the idea of masculinity, it was multifaceted. It was we could really help in this area, but we know we're not experts. So we're not going to pretend like we are at any point. Uh, It allowed us to really support and be of service in an area that didn't feel at the time was really getting that. And it allowed us to go through the motions with everyone, right? That was, I think something that we did our really good job at with that statement is we said, you know, we see you and we hear you as in, Hey, listen, like, you know, yesterday I went through exactly what you were just talking about. And today I'm here to talk about it, you know? And like, two weeks ago and a year ago and 10 years ago, here's all the things that I have done my best to move through and here's how I did so. And I know that if you're moving through it right now, like, hey, here's some here's some ideas, right? Here's some thoughts, here's some things to try on and see if it fits. And just going through that motion with the men was, you know, again, that like, we're here beside you in that arena. Like it's, we're not in the stands watching you try to figure it out on your own. Right, we do want to be in that gladiator arena, fighting alongside you, doing our best to, you know, win this battle together. And I think that that's what I loved about it is it really just felt like pure and great and enjoyable in that way, but also impactful 
I think, right? It wasn't, you know, a lofty intention that didn't meet its impact. It was a very, very clear intent with a very clear impact. And I think that we did a phenomenal job on that. And the other thing that I, I want to say in reflection of what you were talking about just now with men and how much was coming at us at the time, it reminds me of like a leadership perspective where when a, an employee or someone you work with or a partner, they do something wrong or they miss something or they forget something or they don't do something right. The first inclination is to say like, what's, why would you not do that? Isn't it obvious that you would do that? Why are you not learning enough? Why are you not you know, doing enough? It's easy to go at them and say, you know, you're the problem. But the, but the challenge with that is um, a lot of times they don't feel like they have the resources to do their job really well. They weren't given the, the appropriate amount of training. They weren't supported enough through that training. They weren't given the right PDFs and, you know, the Word documents to reflect back on. And that's so common in business uh, businesses. And this is uh, an important part because when you come to those conversations around masculinity, you're saying, hey, you know, you're not doing enough work. There's something wrong with you. You're not doing things right enough. And... Again, you come you come to that statement and you say, okay, well, but like, do, do they have the resources to know that that's what they need to do? Do they have the right training? Do they have the go-to? Do they have the open space to figure that out? Right? And people will say, well, they have therapy. Right, but like, what's the resources to even get to that far? Right, how do you even get there? There was so much missing. There was a gap. And I think our biggest intention was to fill that gap. Here's resources, right? Here's trainings. Here's things to do, whether they're daily practices or routines or habits. Here's, here's the resources that we never got, that we had to go search out and find, that we want to make easier for you to find. And so, because we know of how much value it provided us, and we know that we are doing our best to continue to elevate. And so, here's how we've done so. Uh, and I had to think that's just such an important part of that process for, for me, at least, for a reflection is that I didn't have the resources. And so I was pissed off at everyone else and I was annoyed with everything else. But so much of the things out there, there was just nothing for me, right? Whether on purpose or societally or whatever the reasons, there was nothing for us. And so the expectation that we would just know how to do our job as men at a high level, just like we expect employees to do so at a high level is... It just was unfortunate. It was unfortunate to discover, but it gave us an opportunity. So I think that I was really excited when we started to make that shift. It felt really aligned. And yeah, I think I, I fully, I fully agreed with um, that feeling. You know, that feeling of being able to bridge the gap. That feeling of being able to hold an honest space where we weren't coming in as a subject matter expert. We were saying, we're also trying to figure out like the goalpost has moved. We're trying to figure out how to get there as well with, mm -hmm. you know, the new rules and all the, <laughs> all the new information and all the, the difference. Um, so at the end of the day, I think bridging the gap for us was more about two sides, understanding each other and mm -hmm. both sides. You know, we talked a lot about bettering and understanding our counterparts, but then more importantly, outside of counterpart, better understanding ourselves, you know, and how you want to show up to this new game, this new arena, 
you know, and figuring out ways to let go of the ego that is what the old definition of masculinity would have been, you Mm -hmm. know, and what parts of it still serve you, you know, and what parts of it need to be evolved a little bit to, to help the bigger piece, to help the bigger equation. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I think that for us, it was always an opportunity to listen, to have positive conversations. And in a lot of ways, go through the motions of what we were genuinely curious about ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah like the I amount of self discovery we did in this was insane. Yeah. Cause we, we were having conversations about things that we were just recently learning about, for example, and mm-hmm. sharing our personal experience with if that aligns or doesn't align and seeing how, you know, at the end of the day, you can boil down masculinity to being, it's a competitive space. Being a man is like being in competition at all times. Yeah. Right? Like that's just, that's just the reality of being a man is whether you're aware that there's a game going or not, you're in competition period. Mm-hmm. Now there's men at the elite level who are going to be able to succeed in all eras of like every de- any de- any decade of masculinity if we're calling it different eras the 80s and 90s the 70s the 60s at the elite level of man you're probably going to do well in all eras the big shift here is that the world's evolved so much in the last little bit that if you weren't already in the elite version of a man and you were like average the game just got way harder to mm-hmm. play the game got really tough to start to play and average used to be able to get the job done. If you had an average, you know, if you were an average man in an average world, you still could find all the things that you were looking for in proximity job partner. You know, everyone was kind of like, everything was kind of local, you know, you were competing with the local man, you know, he might've been a 10 and you're a seven, but there's only two tens in the town. So it's like, you know, but now with the world being so open, the elite men have all just dominated the game and every average man has been kind of sent to the sidelines. And because the game has gone so much more intense, the skills to match the intensity haven't been developed. And in a weird way, I think what we were trying to do is help the average man become more elite mm. But by doing it, by like giving perspective on the skills that you might need to acquire to become elite. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the competition just got tougher. Like it just, it's a lot tougher. The landscape of the world is so much more tough. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. And it, ain't, it ain't easy. And everyone's going to have to evolve to, to, to figure it out. So, mm-hmm. yep. And we wanted to, to, to hopefully provide some leadership in that area of evolution because we were really trying to do it ourselves at the time and still are, but really going heavy at the time. And so, you know, we wanted to be, yeah, that, that, that kind of leader that says, here's the tools, here's the resources, here's what we're doing, here's my experience, here's where I failed, here's where I slipped and fell, here's where I succeeded, here's what I learned, 
right? And just giving, like you said, that perspective from every angle so that it might be easier for the next person listening to take that step, right? And to really um, pursue that journey, if you will. Um, so we had a lot of hopes. We had a, we had a big vision with this. And so here we are, 80th episode. And, you know, that's big, 80 episodes over the course of you know, technically three years, but we, we it was about two, two and a half or so years of actual released episodes. Uh, we started with weekly. We went to bi-weekly way down the road just to offer a different kind of quality of content and a different kind of support, a digestible experience, uh, and allowed us to perform at a higher level when we made that swap. But there was also a lot of changes on our end, right? For me, I moved uh, away from Toronto where we were doing it in person to Calgary, which changed the dynamic a lot. Now everything is done online since then. Uh, I don't even think we've seen each other since that move, which is also wild. Uh, but we kept it on, we kept pursuing and, and really allowed ourselves to pivot really well and digest new things from new areas and you know the the podcast evolved so much you listen back to the very first episode called are you even a man and that's the most downloaded episode we have and then you listen to this one or even you know five back and i it's so obvious in the ways in which we've grown not only as men but as podcast hosts as conversationalists as communicators so much has changed and i think what i also value and appreciate is how different our perspectives are on this concept and on this topic and how they really are very similar if almost identical to where we started which is we see you and we hear you and we're standing tall beside you in the arena of misunderstood masculinity all of that has stayed tried and true through the whole experience and i'm incredibly grateful for that i think that's what kept us driven all the way to 80 and so now I think that it's important for us to kind of talk about where we're at today, right? You know, we've heard us say, you know, we got to 80. There's some language in there you might be catching. We got to 80. What does that mean? We feel having a bit of a, of a morbid feeling about things today. What does that mean? So let's shift gears into how we feel about this podcast today, right? Now, like I, like I said, we're at 80. From, from number one, are you even a man? navigating the waters of podcasting fresh excited you know part of that first uh, high of creation right the topic is new too everything about it feels new and exciting and fresh and so much excitement and i don't know motivation drive to really do it well and then a lot changes more than we could have ever saw coming so what, give us give us a bit of a lay of the land from your standpoint. Where do you see yourself now in regards to the podcast? How do you see the podcast? How do you see the vision? How do you see even maybe the mission we originally had? What is uh, what are your current thoughts on 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 what this all is? It's a bit of a loaded question, I would say. No, um, what are you talking about? Simple. Nadia, how do you how do you feel? How do you summarize <laughs> three years um, into a current feeling? And um, like, like you said, you don't have to choose one. You can have and both. You said that. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you can have multiple feelings. But I think um, what comes up up to mind for me is how I'm currently feeling about the pod. 
is complete. You know, I think that when you think about setting out for a vision or a mission and now to be here on episode 80, I think that a lot of that vision came to life for me within those 80 episodes. And so I think that I sit here with a feeling of, I feel like we completed a mission. We fell short of the war, but we won the battle. And I know that that language kind of seems like a little vague to people, but I guess the best way I can kind of articulate my thoughts is probably through an example or a metaphor. And I think that the example that comes up for me is if you were an artist and you were going through an experience in life and you wanted to pour that experience into a project and make music from it, let's take heartbreak as an example. If you were an art, an artist and you were dealing with heartbreak and you decided to go, you know, pen to paper and, and, and document this heartbreak into music and lyrics and words, and you were to pour it all out into an album. And every time you showed up to that studio session, you would have the emotions of a heartbreak and you would be writing from that place and everything would come off very authentic and raw and real because you're not talking about a past breakup. You're talking about the breakup that you're going through right now. And so every song, every lyric, every stroke of an instrument is resonating to how you currently feel in the moment about this project. And then at one point the project will feel complete and you will have put it out. And the emotions that you wrote that project with will start to subside and it will start to get less and less and less as you move further and further and further away from that experience of having a heartbreak where you would start to mend some of that heartbreak. You start to evolve into different chapters of your life. And so to me, what the podcast feels like now is being asked to continue to write about heartbreak long after the heartbreak has happened. And I don't feel like I have the same raw emotions. And at this point now, it doesn't feel as authentic. And I'm searching for things that might not be already there on the surface, where at once upon a time they were. Very prominently, things that were on my mind, things that I was trying to figure out, things that I was discussing internally, externally, with friends, with peers, and a subject matter that I felt very awake to. And so in a lot of ways, if I feel like I wrote the album, I, I had the body of work during a chapter of my life where I was very, very, very focused on that. And now showing up to that same studio session is getting more and more difficult because I feel more and more removed. And that is not to say I feel that the subject matter isn't valid. I think that just because I stopped writing songs about a heartbreak and this, let's keep it in this example, 
doesn't mean that heartbreak is an invalid experience. It's still a valid experience. And if you're going through it, it should be addressed and you should try to mend it and you should find the resources to help you move through that. I just don't feel that I have the same energy I once did to be on the front lines as an artist that's putting out that kind of music. And so I hope that metaphor or example summarizes how I currently feel about the subject matter today. I don't don't have any follow-up to that. I mean, I'm sure I'll find something, but just a testament to how clear that was. How, like, if to me it felt incredibly obvious of like that's exactly what it is. We worked hard on, a, on an album, we gave it everything with the current experience we had. It took three years to get that album out, and you know we leaked. You know, to extend the metaphor, we leaked songs here and there to you know keep keep up the the movement, and we finally dropped it. And now for us, it's it, yeah that, that idea of the album being complete. So yeah, you don't you don't try to make a twenty first and twenty second and twenty third song on that album. The album is done, right? It's been released, and I think that that relates. I don't think for me just to the podcast itself, but to so many things that I have finished or done in my life. And uh, there's a an interesting feeling that comes with complete, and it's just kind of like uh, it's content. It's, it's a, it's a deep breath in a way. And there's, I don't know, maybe a physical alignment. It's like, it's like putting back together or or just, uh, I don't know, stretching out your back and just feeling like everything is just dropped back into place in a way. Like not that it was chaotic or hectic, but it's like, ah, like the work we were doing to rebuild this back is done. And I, I mirror that. I mimic that. I definitely feel that same way. I have some some other feelings too, but I think the dominant one is complete. And again, like you said, complete with the subject matter on a personal level in the sense that I've really, I'm not going to stop doing it, but I've really done all of what I think I'm required for now. And that feels good to me. Right? That feels aligned with me. Um, and then my other feelings are like, damn, like this was, this was a journey, <laughs> you know, this was, this was a good time. This was a great time. And it's kind of like, uh, we were talking before this podcast about, you know, when you go to like practice and you find yourself sometimes being like, God damn, I gotta go to practice today. And then you get in practice and you're like, yeah, okay. All right. This is, I get it. I get it. I remember. Um, and so in hindsight, you're like, oh, I can't believe I even like felt that way. You're like, oh, this was great. And so that's how I, I sometimes felt about the space. And I, I loved it in so many ways. And I was so grateful that, I don't know, we got to have these conversations. And so again, like that feeling that comes around how I feel about the podcast is complete, but also like secretly, can we keep going? Like what else could we do and find? And it's reaching in the dark, right? To hope find something. So we wouldn't ever build off of that, but it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah. It's kind of that morbidness that I mentioned at the beginning of like, yes, it's complete, but damn, you know, that damn word, damn, 
damn, that was a time. I was talk- I was talking to somebody about this recently, and they they brought up a really unexpected perspective. They said they kind of almost said like, for now, and I was like, what? I'm like, yeah, like this is kind of the direction we're going, and they're like, yeah, for now. So what does that even mean? He's like, well, I don't know, like. You know, when you're 60, maybe you feel like talking about it again. I was like, that is so interesting. But it created so many ideas for me around this of like, listen, seriously, though, when we're 65 and we've just lived 30 more years as men, what kind of perspectives do we got then around this concept, right? Because it's not going to be gone. So how do we, you know, it was almost like, how do we support then? And how do we, you know, elaborate and and come back to this? And it was just really cool because it just kind of reminded me of like, you know, although we're making a decision um, today around what this looks like, um, that it kind of just, it continues in its own way. So excited, a little morbid in the sense of like, God damn, but also complete, I think would be my three for now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love the, uh, that ad there of like, for now. Because in a lot of ways, and I know we've talked about this, this is kind of like the first therapy session I've ever been a part of. <laughs> yes, yeah, amen. Um, to sit across from another human being and to pour your heart into a microphone week after week after week about things that are going on in your mind, things that are actually happening in your life. Um, the good, the bad, the ugly, showing up that vulnerable every single week to a human being and having them poke holes at, why do you think that that is? Or why do you think that this is? It was therapy, you know? And for a lot of weeks, it was, you know, we would have like, like therapy session hangovers, like after recording an episode on a Sunday, you'd have to like block out the rest of the day because you're so (laughs) in your... You're, you're overthinking about that inner child conversation or that attachment style conversation, yeah. or you're thinking about, you know, um, the mother wound or your father wound yeah. or, you know, how you're, you know, very, very heavy subject matter. You know, we would have to like reflect and think about, you know, why that is the way it is or what we can take away from it. And so in a lot of ways it was, you know, OG therapy, you know, for me and, I love the for now comment because I think if you do the right work with a therapist, they allow you to put your realm of life into perspective in that moment. Everything you've experienced to that date, past, present, and where you're going all gets put into a a level of perspective that allows you to kind of continue on forward. And I think some therapists would argue that you should continue to see me even when you get out of the dark. You know, you should continue to see me just to make sure we're having checkpoints and that kind of stuff. But let's call a spade a spade. The heavy lifting is done. Right? Like when you're, when you kind of get out of the dark days mm-hmm. and then you see a little bit more blue skies, going to therapy is kind of, kind of now just like maintaining its mm-hmm. oil changes at this point. Right? I need to see you less. We're just, we're just, it's just an oil change. And so what I like about the for now comment is that in a lot of ways, I feel like the podcast is out of the clouds Mm. and there's a lot more sunnier days. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I think that when you go back to episode one, episode two, you will hear two men who were like in a storm (laughs) and recording the storm every week. I think that's very different for us now. Not to say that we don't have our own 
clouds that we still navigate every single day. But just to say that the overarching, overarching podcast is more towards the oil change side of therapy than it is the like day in and day out. This needs to be like center and focused Mm because this is what we need to discuss this. We need to get through this. And that isn't to say those clouds might not come back. Right. And so when you talk about 60 and revisiting this conversation, it's like, I can only imagine the weather always changes. Right. So what, what, what storms would he have weathered then? What, mm-hmm. what chapters of life would he have been like, damn, I thought it was hard at 32. Shit. <laughs> Masculinity problems at 40, even crazier. Yeah. At 50, it's even crazier. You know, you start to lose some of that vibrato of being young and, you know, just the, the physical energy of feeling like a man, maybe you start losing some of that and that, that affects your masculinity even more because now you don't even feel the vibrato of being a man. You're just, you're existing in the, in what is your life. Um, and so I love that idea because it's, even though therapy can be done now and you can feel good about it, you can get away from it. Mm-hmm. And then another chapter of life might need you to get the therapy back. Mm-hmm. And then now you're back to where you started. Yeah. Right. And so for us, I feel like it's very much kind of like that. It's that therapy session served its session. And now that session is coming to an end. And that isn't to say that there might not be a therapy session ahead where we talk about these things from a different lens, a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was solid. It felt, it felt good. Cause it, it just, uh, yeah, I think that sometimes bringing things to like, um, like a finite close is such a fascinating thing. Um, and so when it feels a little bit more free to create still around it in the future, it's like, ah, like that, that sits nicer, um, in the body, um, a lot more calm. So, yeah, I, I think it's been, it's been wild too. You know, there's been so many influences around what's even got us here, right? We talk about that initial drive, that motivation and that dedication. And it's not that any of that really dwindled. It wasn't like, our, you know, I think that just what happened was, uh, our lives changed in the sense that we did a lot of the work that we were talking about and we became very different people over the course of the last three years. And we start, we see things so differently and we've changed, we've moved, we've traveled, we've gone on TV shows, we've changed careers. We like the amount of things that have happened in the three years that you've all heard us go through and, and navigate is immense. And, you know, again, I think that the necessity for this for us, you know, even though we talked about being the leader at the space at the beginning, a lot of ways this, this turned out to be something for us. And, you know, I don't think it's a necessity at that at anymore. I think that it's become a bit more of a challenge, like you said, like concepts and topics and things around it. And something that he mentioned was when we get out of these calls, sometimes it takes us hours to recuperate. And that was one of the challenges of this subject matter was um, it was it's heavy and talking about something heavy that often is very actually tiring it doesn't really feel uplifting and empowering and and energizing and so that was also difficult it was a difficult part of the process to have these really deep conversations to the depths of who we are and what we've been through and i think that we're in a place now where we feel a lot lighter and we like that lightness and we feel a lot more uh, I don't even know, calm, maybe content, maybe energized. And to have those conversations feels like a backwards logic. Why put yourself in those positions at this moment? Um, just very unnecessary. So it adds a lot to the current state of emotion towards where we're at. And so, you know, I guess without beating around the bush too much, we can get to 
what we're really here to share with all of you. Uh, and that, if that hasn't been made obvious already, is that uh, the two of us have decided to bring this to a close. We have decided to bring that podcast to its final episode, episode 80. And Modern Mask will live on in the hearts and minds of every listener that's ever been had. And, you know, I was just checking the stats today, 14,000 downloads we just passed. And I think that, you know, that feels good. That feels complete. You know, that really does. And we'll have a little bit more come through from this episode, but I think that it's, it feels really, really good to know that we're bringing it to a close with, you know, a very clear number, which is kind of nice, but also just like a clear episode number with 80 and just a clear perspective around what this has meant to us and how intentional we're being with the world of creation and also the, the fine, the, the ending, not the finite ending, the, the, the ending itself for now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing to say out loud. You know, we've talked about it before this episode. That was the whole plan. But it's a weird thing to say out loud. It feels... Well, ironically, it kind of feels easy to say. Of like, yeah, we did that. And now we're not. Uh, I don't know. How does it feel for you to say it? To say, to say like, you know, this is... We're done now. One thing I really enjoyed about the reframe of people passing away. I used to say people used to call it a funeral and this and that, mm -hmm. and it had a very negative connotation. And then one time I went to a funeral and I heard someone call it, it's a celebration of life. And I remember that reframe being like, whoa, whoa. The energy of that is just so much different. Mm. Imagine going to a celebration of life versus a funeral. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going there to celebrate this person's life versus you know, we're going to grieve their death, but we're not, that's not the point of this, your, this space that you're going to attend. You're going there to celebrate their life. And let's, let's remember the things that they made you feel. And in a lot of ways, I always carry that with me when things are ending, mm. you know, is can I, can I find the celebration in the work and the body of work that we put together? Can I, though it's dying and though it's coming to a close, is there a celebration there? Mm -hmm. And I think that we have a lot to celebrate. You know, you kind of dove into a little bit of the numbers there, but you know, being, being featured in article articles as, you know, you know, one of the top eight masculinity podcasts mm -hmm. being having, you know, over 14,000 downloads. Um, yeah, we hit the charts in so many different places of the world. Our reach uh, was massive. We had people listening. I think in almost every country, like it, it was insane. Yeah. I think that we, you know, in, in, in so many ways, there's so many things to be excited about and to celebrate. And you kind of, we kind of spoke about that goal of, you know, getting to a hundred episodes. And that was a goal that we set out before we even started episode one. And that was there to make sure that when the attitude that, you forget your why and the attitude in which you set that goal isn't there anymore, that you have a bigger goal that you have to fulfill, you know, so that you don't feel like you want to quit at episode 13 or episode 49 or episode 57. You know, we set such a big goal and put it out there and, 
I remember phrasing it to you as I don't care. I don't want to hear about how you feel about the podcast <laughs> until we get to episode 100 yeah. and then we can assess, you know, whether we want to keep going or stop or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. And that kind of made us show up every single week was like quitting isn't an option yep. unless you see the number one zero zero. It's not an option. Yep. So keep it going. And so it anchored us in a lot of different ways to, and we knew that once you showed up and you turned the mics on, we knew that the subject was heavy. We knew that we'd have to go to an emotional place. We knew that we'd have to be vulnerable. We, we started learning who we had to become to show up to these conversations and add as much value as possible, even at the demise of it, putting us on our ass for a couple of days, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, and have us in like our own internal thoughts, you know, but we felt like what we were serving was worth it. You know, it was okay to be deal with that hangover or whatever the case may be. They call it a hangover for a reason. It's like you had the joy. Now you got to suffer the consequences, mm-hmm. but we thought the suffering was worth it. You know, because what we would put together was amazing. But as we got closer and closer to episode 100, we couldn't avoid the real emotions that were kind of coming up. And so it feels like we're 20 short. It feels like we're 20 episodes short of the goal. And it would have been nice to hit 100. Mm-hmm. But I believe that the authenticity and the reality of having to write 20 songs by force is losing the integrity of what we st- what we set out to do in the beginning. Yep. You know, and so I think that this just feels like the right time to kind of put it to a close. It feels like the right time to celebrate what we've did and to also share to the, you know, the audience that supported us for so long that this doesn't mean that we don't support this space anymore. Right. In any capacity it just means that we're not doing it in this median. Mhm. This does not mean that we will not attend men's workshops and <laughs> add, 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 add conversations there. If there needs to be, it's not to be said that we're not, you know, advocates of mental health and specifically men's mental health being men ourselves, considering that, you know, we still have, we did our best with this platform to help that statistic as best as we can. And it's not that we are now men who aren't fighting against that statistic. We are We're just going to be doing it in different ways. And, uh, it feels like this median or this platform was a trampoline for us to both find different ways in which we can serve this conversation. That's maybe a bit more tangible, maybe a bit more in person mm-hmm. and maybe a bit more direct, but those are, those are areas in which we we can get more creative and stuff about, but yeah, I think that in a lot of ways it's, and we enjoyed this, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I think that one thing that maybe hasn't come out of my mouth. I think you said it earlier is that we enjoyed what we did. We enjoyed our job. We enjoyed showing up. We enjoyed getting better at it. We enjoyed finding and researching and doing all the work it takes to put together a topic list, put together the right information that we think helps bridge the gap. We help fulfills our mission. We help allows you to be more seen and more heard and get more clarity. And we enjoyed those reps and they taught us a lot, a lot about our direction and where we're going. And I just think that all good things have to come to an end at some point. And that end is here for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. Mm. Yeah.
So if it wasn't clear already, my friends, this will be the last and final episode of Modern Mask Ulinity podcast with your co-hosts Anwar and Atlas. And, um, you know, it was something that we wanted to do at a high level was communicate that to all of you and make it very clear through a guided process. That's why we're, we waited until this part of this episode to really share that with you is because we wanted to really get the awareness out there of like, you know, we invested a lot into this and we just, we're not making a shotgun decision. We're not just running from emotion. We're not just quitting. You know, this has been a well thought out process, very intentional. We want to make sure the impact is right. And with that, uh, we want to make sure that you feel supported still, right? And where I said, we're still going to be showing up in those spaces. We're very big advocates of that. We just spent the last three years dedicated to that. So if anything that amplified our dedication to being advocates for that space, this space, Uh, but there's also other people who are passionate about this to a level that you know, I guess for radically, radically truthful here, we didn't get to. And so we want to make sure that you guys are able to find those spaces and that it's an easy, easily accessible. And there are also spaces we used. So for us throughout this journey of three years, these are the things that we returned to and we searched out to be able to support ourselves. So for moving forward, if you've been in a pretty solid advocate or you're just popping in and out of this podcast, like, like I said, we've provided you with a lot of resources and ideas, concepts, other places now that you can go to that we highly suggest. And I will speak from my own personal experience. Uh, I would say the one that's been consistent from the time I started my masculinity journey till now uh, is Man Talks podcast by Connor Beaton. He's been consistent in this field uh before we started he's still going hard today it's his life's work he just did a book release i think it's called men's work um which is uh, i haven't read but i've read reviews on i know a lot of people in men's groups have read it's been a pretty pivotal book in the men's and masculinity work field uh, and his podcasts are just very laid out from a sense of simplicity basic truths personal experience and it's usually solo but it does a great job at identifying the loopholes in our experience as men and so i really think that that's a great resource to go to he also has an online platform that i've been a part of called the alliance which was great community of men coming together doing the work and then he runs you know in-person workshops and programs so man talks is is probably my number one um, but I don't want to order it out. I think it's just important to have the resources. Uh, a second one would be Kings of Hearts. They are a Calgary-based men's organization, and uh, we've had the pleasure of having Andy uh, and Uniqua, both of the owners and CEOs, if you will, of that space on the podcast, and they've been going hard. They're evolving as we speak. And so there are great resources. I've been a part of their program as well uh, for, I think it was about three months. And I mean, countless amounts of growth in that. I've talked about that on this podcast as well. So you can go back to some of the prior episodes and listen in on what I've learned from that. But they're they're incredible. Calgary-based, but a lot of it is online. Right? With COVID, everything kind of helped shift that uh, directive. And so you can find them, Kings of Hearts. They have a podcast and a program And then the third one that uh, for me, I haven't got a chance to directly be a part of, but I do know I've learned a lot from is Sacred Sons. 
They're probably the largest organization that I've come across when it comes to men's work. They've probably been in the game longer than most. And they have endless amounts of programs available, endless amounts of community available. We've shared a few of their videos on the Modern Mask Instagram. So that was one of, um, you know, pretty large uh, tattooed man expressing some anger. And that was one of the most, I think, pivotal videos for us in many ways because it helped identify, you know, this is what we've been kind of moving away from and this is what it looks like when we do so. There's also a pretty solid video of a men's gathering they had and it was just like hundreds of men gathered um, all staring out onto the beach, like just huddled together in an alliance, in a community uh, and it was just pretty mesmerizing to see. And so Sacred Sons does a lot and they're all over the place. So they're going to be accessible everywhere you are, which I love. And uh, those are my kind of major three resources that I have found that have directly impacted me uh, through my journey. Um, so those would, those would be what I recommend. Um, what, uh, what do you want to leave for your recommendations? Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a great list. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, we wanted to kind of give you guys some tangible things that you can go and search up, you know, if you're looking to kind of pivot right now, you're looking for something to listen to. Uh, but I think what I wanted to leave you with is more of a, more of an idea and an approach of how you go into the, um, the world of masculinity. I think that it's very important to be cautious of the voices that you're listening to within this space. Yes. I think that the fact that the, the space is very misunderstood is for a reason is because mm-hmm. in our podcast, we put the word modern in front of the word masculinity because there's a lot of like old traditional ways of like viewing this masculine space. And I think that when you go online, it can be very confusing for a person looking for a genuine opinion because of how even it might feel on one side of the fence versus the other side of the fence. You know, and we're not here to throw any other podcasts under the bus, but some of the ideologies of some specific people and the way to be a man um, and the support that those podcasts get could be distracting to what the truth is, you know. And um, I think that it's very important to be cautious of what you're listening to and to become your own interpreter of information to find balance in what is, I guess, the masculine energy and the feminine energy and understanding, like, you know, how you can use both to leverage where you're trying to get to. Um, and yeah, just be more hyper aware of kind of, you know, what you're listening to. And um, I think the the best thing to understand is like, is that information serving you or hurting you? You know, if you go and you listen to a podcast and the information that you download from that podcast or you write down and the fulfillment of that, if that's what's causing the, the, the mental health for you. That's what's like, if, if, if the, if the idea of trying to achieve that is what's breaking you down, then maybe you need a different perspective on how to view that, you know? Um, it would be the equivalent of listening to a personal trainer and all their advice is lift heavy, lift this, lift that, lift that. And you're like, all right, cool. And you write all those things down and you go to the gym and lifting heavy, leads to you hurting yourself even more right well then now the feedback isn't go back to that personal trainer it's probably like there's a lot of personal trainers is there another way to get to where i'm trying to get to there's not one way to get fit there's a lot of different ways to get fit so just be conscious of the 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 information that you take on board 
and how you take it on board. I think it's important to kind of vet your sources, listen to both sides of their arguments Mm -hmm. and then come to your own conclusions. And then I think that there's, there's individuals that maybe, you know, I know Jordan Peterson has a podcast, but he's not talking about this subject matter all the time. There's just some people who I think have great voices in the, in the, in the masculine space. And I think Jordan Peterson being one of the biggest leaders of the, of the evolution of understanding, like the arc of what your natural inclination as a man is, what you might be feeling on the inside versus the skills that you might need in order to be successful in the future given your makeup now, you know, I think he does a great job of talking about evolution and talking about masculinity and what's innately, what innately feels true to you. And also giving you the skills and the actual value of not just becoming vulnerable, but the power of being vulnerable, for example, and, and, and laying that out. So I think there's individuals out there that are definitely leading the charge in those conversations. And I think that if you follow that, you keep that, you keep in mind that you need to interpret these, this information to your best of your ability and then anchor all of that with, is this serving you or is it not? That can get you a long way in finding the right piece of information. So that's what I would say. So well wrapped up. Uh, the, the simple statement that comes to my mind that is not embraced, I think, maybe enough from my perspective is just the concept of critical thinking and really paying attention and, and not... This is something that I did when I first started this journey. I did um, what I called hero worshiping, which is I found someone that seemed so big and grandiose and had everything that I wanted. But the challenge was that I didn't recognize there's a pro and con to pursuing somebody else, no matter which way you look at it. And you have to just know that, right? If I want to be like this specific person, right? I'm only really looking at the pros of what that offers me, but there are also cons to that process. And I have to be conscious of that. And use my critical thinking skills to know what feels of value to me, what feels aligned with me. And instead of just kind of dropping everything I've done or the thoughts that I have and taking on somebody else's, even when we did this podcast and we offered a lot, our hope was that you would critically think and really consider our words, not just drop uh, drop the hat and start running. Right? We wanted you to really, really identify if it works for you. And so same thing with the masculinity space. We've had some episodes about some specific spaces that are a lot more challenging to digest. But for a lot of people, they're very easy and they've dropped hats and they've followed. And so what we're just Anwar is so beautifully laying out is just to critically think about the things that you come across in this space because it can be, well, it's, it's very confusing. And like, like our thing said, misunderstood. I love that we're using that word consistently because it really is. Yeah, and I think lastly, I also wanted to say that there is, to kind of add to your comment about the duality and the complexity of it, there's a lot of things that on the surface look like they would be good piece of information, Mm -hmm. but the undertone of it is actually pretty dangerous. And then there's some things that sound very dangerous on the surface, but the undertone of it is actually factual. Mm -hmm. It's pretty... And that's why it's confusing. Yep. Like you could hear a guy like, for example, Andrew Tate say something polarizing that actually has some truth to it. And then you can on the opposite end hear something from a Jordan Peterson, for example, mm. 
that might seem very easy on the surface but could be harder to execute on, on on the base so it's like just because the person that you align with is saying it or is either your guy or not your guy doesn't necessarily sometimes mean that the information that they're relaying is either harmful or or or, or beneficial you kind of need to run that gauntlet on your own right. and figure it out and really self-assess like is this information helping me become what i want to become or is this information i mean harming me in a way that's mm-hmm. making me like the, the the negativity is becoming more and more or you know your ideas are getting scarier and scarier um then you might need to rear off of the voices in your head guiding that steering that ship so yep well said so with all that being said uh, you know we just wanted to make sure that we like i said earlier just offered up a lot of information around where we're at, where we've been, what we wanted to do with this, what we accomplished with this, and where we're at now. And to make sure that we, we, you know, I guess cut the cord, metaphorically speaking, uh, in a way that felt aligned with us, that feels very in integrity with everything we've built and in integrity with who we are as people. And so, like I said, this ends the last episode of Modern Masculinity. There will be another short script here coming up on the next episode just to thank everyone that was involved. But for now, I just want to say thank you for being a part of this episode, for being a part of all of everything that we've done in today's conversation. Um, And we're really looking forward to what's to come for us as people uh, and as individuals and everything that this space has offered us. You know, I mean, I, I mentioned there's so many different feelings mixed in this. And I think one that I missed was that I feel grateful because this shit disrupted my life in one of the best ways possible. This podcast lit up my life. It lit it on fire. It disrupted things that I never would have considered disrupting. And so pff, I'm just, I'll add more to that in the next one. But yeah, just lot, lot, lots there. So um, yeah, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you all. Y'all are amazing. That's all I got. You got anything else? No, I just wanted to say, yeah, thank you. Uh, for all those who are listening and still listening. And uh, yeah, we also, we ultimately just hope that this provided a little bit more color and context to our thought making, our, our critical thinking and our, our decision to to part ways with the podcast at this point. And uh, we hope that you, you know, continue to follow us as individuals uh, in our journeys as we embark on uh, a new chapter of our lives. So thank you so much for following this far. Thank you for everyone who's reached out to us and who's, um, you know, walked up to us in the middle of the street and said, you know, Hey, you guys do modern masculinity and have shared your, um, appreciation for what we do here. Um, it doesn't go unnoticed and, um, yeah, we'll find, we'll find different ways to connect. So stay tuned. What's up everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the modern masculinity podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings and in saying so if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes please share download subscribe and if you're feeling really up to it go ahead and leave a review you can follow us at modern masculinity remember that it's with a k not a c to represent the mask that we wear and like always thank you for listening and we'll see you next week